Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Today's episode is actually brought to you by my courses that are getting the brightest updates yet, and they're really going to help you show up consistently and grow your brand on Instagram. So they're opening for enrollment super, super soon, and they're really going to teach you how to create engaging content, become an industry expert on Instagram, and truly grow your brand for the best results. So the updates are going to rename and revamp them as Instagram with impact, which is all about my organic growth strategies for growing on Instagram and showing up on Instagram. That's really in a fun and profitable way. And then I have my video course, Shine on Instagram Videos. So it's going to break down the four types of Instagram videos and how you can effortlessly create videos in your strategy to really build a real relationship with your audience. So if you want to be the first to know when these courses drop, be sure to join the waitlist, which is linked in the show notes. Now let's get into today's episode. Today, we have a former guest on for round two, for season two. Kalia is with me today, and we're going to be talking all about content. So thanks for joining me. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I am so hyped to be back that you invited me back for season two. I'm stoked. Oh my gosh. Of course. Literally, when we were recording the episode, we're like, we have to do this again. This is so fun. (laughs) So introduce yourself. If people don't know who you are, if they haven't already listened to your first episode, so people can get to know you. Yes, absolutely. So hello, my name is Kaylia Nicole. And I am, I would say I've become kind of the Jill of all trades over the last year since we last talked and sat down, added a few more things uh, to my tool belt. But one of the main things that I teach is all about how to just leverage brand partnerships, how to monetize your Instagram, and also how to build a really strong community on IG so that you can then leverage that for partnerships, for different opportunities that you're really wanting to pursue. And so I am a huge fan of just, Instagram is my platform. That is my my gym and that is my go-to social media platform. And I love creating different types of content. I've been playing around with so many different forms of content on IG and you know, just kind of really analyzing what works, what doesn't, focusing more on you know what's doing really well. And with so many changes that we've seen, since we last talked, you know, there's a lot of things I've really added to my arsenal of how I do marketing when it comes to my own programs, when it comes to how I'm promoting brands. And so I'm really excited to just share what I've learned with you today. Oh, yes. So much goodness. And you're an absolute pro at just brand partnerships, pitching. But you also, what I love about you is even though you're an influencer, like you are a businesswoman first. So you really use it strategically to market yourself 
which I think is where a lot of people kind of forget about all the opportunity there is for Instagram to genuinely make an income and also make that impact, have that partnerships, all of those types of things. So I'd love to just dive right into like from our last time we chatted, you know, early season two, how your content first started out and kind of how has it shifted and evolved now that we're moving into 2021? Yeah. So, you know, in the last year, we've, we've had the new edition of reels and reels have become my absolute favorite. I know that a lot of people either have a love or hate relationship with reels. And, you know, sometimes it's both because they do take a good amount of time to really create, but holy cow, the ROI that you get from them is truly stellar. And so I have been adding that in. I mean, I was doing tons of just like regular images, you know, as opposed typically a lot of carousels because, you know, the more carousels you do, the more time that people are spending looking through that content, which is great for the algorithm. But I would say my main types lately have been really reels and stories. I mean, there was a time this year that I was completely off for two and a half, almost three months on the actual, you know, feed part of Instagram, but I was still showing up on stories. I was still showing up in my email for my email subscribers. And I got back on and I did a regular post and people were like, Oh wait, you were gone. I didn't even really notice because you were still showing up on stories and you were still in my email inbox. And so I was like, Holy cow. Okay. I feel like I'm onto something here of how important stories are. And you know, reels have just been huge for me too. I, I found a love for creating videos and getting those up. And again, the ROI from them has just been insane for me. I know you've seen it too, Natasha Oh yeah, for reels. And so reels and stories are really my main thing. I still do a lot of just regular image feed posts, mostly carousels, especially for brands, because sometimes they're wanting just that, you know, uh, static image on the feed, but I'll still turn to the carousel. But I would say, you know, those are my main ones. If I'm posting a, a feed post, it's going to be a carousel. But if not, you're going to go to my Instagram and see tons of stories and tons of reels. Oh yeah. And I honestly think that like people tell me like, Oh, could you choose between reels or stories? But I honestly think like they are both so, so valuable. I'm assuming if you had to pick, you would choose stories, right? Oh, I would definitely choose stories. And the reason why is because they don't have, they don't require as much editing. They don't require time. They're kind of more in the moment, natural, organic. I share a lot more behind the scenes and just personally what's going on, which my you know community loves. Mm-hmm. So I would say I'd probably pick stories, but man, if you haven't jumped on reels yet and you are game to try something new, man, get in now, get in now. <laughs> oh yeah. I completely agree with that. And I'd love to compare and contrast your reels workflow compared to how you do your stories. Cause I know some people plan their stories for launches Some people are super off the cusp. I know some people, you know, batch their reels. Some people just do them in the moment. So like, what are your content creation processes? Like, how are they different for both types of content? Absolutely. So, you know, I'll start with the more so easier one stories and with stories. The only time I'm really planning stories is typically for a launch. And honestly, that doesn't even look like, I mean, maybe I probably should start batching these ahead of time. It would save me so much time during launch. You know, and I think that's a really smart tool, but for me, I just love creating stories in the moment with the energy surrounding the launch I'm going into. However, what I do is I will map out, okay, 
So this Monday, these are the main points I want to hit and I'll kind of bullet point what those are. And then I'll go and record those stories in the morning and kind of post them throughout the day. And other times, you know, when it's not launched, like in the last three months, I've really taken um, a very slow season in my business intentionally, just as we're heading into the new year and, you know, just kind of ramping up for a lot of things I'm launching in 2021. I decided, okay, well, stories, I mean, sometimes if I wanted to do a training, I guess I could, but honestly, I just want to share behind the scenes. I want to share what's going on. And so I'll look at my calendar for the week and I'll map out, okay, I'm going to be here, 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 or I'm doing this, this, this. These are the, usually the three main things I want to make sure that I talk about. And so I'll try and pick like three things each day to discuss. So maybe one piece is something about education, something I'm working on, you know, maybe I'm working on some pitches for some brands. So I'll share that. Another thing might be personal. So maybe it's, you know, me and the workout that I did for the day. And then another part might be something, you know, encouraging. Maybe it's about a book that I'm reading or a podcast that I listen to, you know. So I try and switch up the themes and and have a good array of things that I'm talking about on stories to make it interesting for the people watching. But that is one of my main drivers of audience engagement is, is my stories. You know, people are really in my DMs, they're watching, they're sharing, they're responding. And I want to make sure that I'm showing up for those people. And so that's kind of how I map out stories. I definitely could get, you know, more intense and and really batch ahead of time. But for me, I always go by, you know, what feels good and and what has felt good for me has been kind of doing them more in the moment, planning what it's going to be about, but just recording, you know, the morning of or the day of, or just when it's happening, or, you know, if I'm doing something fun, I might, you know, take some stories, save them and post them later on just so I can still be present that's really what my stories workflow looks like when it comes to reels. It's going to be a lot different. I will typically batch all of my reels. So I'll record, you know, three, five, I mean, max, I think I've done in a day is seven. And those were some of them were shorter form. And so I'll batch all of them at one time, edit them usually at one time, and then, you know, spread out when I'm posting them. But for reels, I like to be really intentional because I, listen, I spend more time on TikTok than I probably should. <laughs> however, <Same. laughs> however, it helps really come up with, okay, we're currently trending right now. What are some ideas that are really going, you know, around? And, you know, I was just telling Natasha before we jumped on here, recording is that I found a trend, you know, that's going around right now. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to put my spin on it for brand partnerships, created it. And literally within two days, it's already going viral. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's the first time I've seen something go viral really quickly. I had another reel that went viral about, you know, two and a half, three weeks after I posted it initially, which was crazy. I have no idea why it just happened. That's kind of the weird reels algorithm that we're still trying to figure out. But with that, I was paying attention to what was trending. So I was on TikTok. I was listening. I was seeing how other people were using it. And then people want to see the trend, but you put your own spin on it. So I use that, you know, audio, And I'll give you a little hack that I've really noticed has been working well and has been really interesting is what I'll do is I actually record my reels in TikTok. So I record them in there using the sound. And then when I'm exporting them, instead of exporting them from TikTok where the watermark is on there, I just don't like that. When I go to edit the TikTok, I will screen record the screen and then I don't have the watermark. I can just edit it like in my photo album on my phone and cut the front and the back. So there's no watermark on there. Then this is the key tip is when I post that on Instagram, when the audio shows up, it says original audio by Kaylee and Nicole. 
So what I've noticed happening is people are seeing my reel, loving the audio and using my audio. So I'm getting these notifications of, oh, somebody else, this person used your audio. So now when someone sees their TikTok, they're seeing my audio and coming back to my reel. So I thought that that's like a really interesting way to kind of get your name out there is other people might not be able to find that audio in Instagram or they don't know how to use TikTok. They're more comfortable with Instagram. So they'll use your audio, but your name is still floating out there, which I think is so cool. So I record all of mine in TikTok and then I will kind of screen record and export. Sometimes I'll use, you know, InShot if I need to edit it a little bit differently, but I've gotten pretty good at using the editing tools in TikTok. But I know a lot of people are more comfortable with, you know, using the, the features in Reels, so that's okay too. But I will usually go through, I'll have a day where I kind of like binge TikTok, see what's trending, see what top content creator sounds, what sounds are they using, what kind of, you know, audios are they using, and I'll start saving them. So I have this saved folder in TikTok of all the trending sounds. Then I will go in and be like, okay, what kind of content is my audience asking you for? You know, are they curious about, you know, one of the, the real that I, that just went viral that I did was everyone was asking me how to find direct contacts to email brands. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use this trending reel with this subject that everyone's been asking me about, put them together and boom, like now I have a golden piece of content that everyone's been asking for. And it's also based off the trending sound right now. And so that's typically what I will do is, you know, I write out everything because that's also going to, you know, determine, oh, am I pointing this way? Do I need space above my head? Because I want to make sure I'm within the ratio for text because I post all my reels on my actual feed versus just in the reels category on IG. You know, I, I need to know, okay, do I need to switch characters if I'm playing two different characters? Right. Does that need to happen, right? So I write out everything, like how I'm acting it out, what I'm going to be saying or what I'm alluding to. And I can always change that later on, but then it helps when I'm going to edit it and I'm adding text in, I'll just go back to my, my Google doc and be like, okay, here's the reel. Okay. Here's the text. And then just type out the text onto that reel, get it ready for posting, you know, bada bing, bada boom. So that's kind of my process. So as you can tell, the reels process is a little bit longer and I'm still fine tuning it. Cause again, reels is relatively new, you know, and you got to find out what works for you. For me, TikTok works for you. You might be like, Oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about being on another platform and figuring that out. I would just want to stay on Instagram. That's fine too. Do what feels good for you, but reels definitely takes more time. It takes a second to get the hang of them and be able to batch them more quickly, which is why, again, I would probably choose stories if I really had to pick, you know, mm-hmm. one over the other. But man, like I, I keep saying, the, the return on the investment that you put into them is really stellar because what I've noticed for me at least is how reels perform on Instagram is so similar to how TikToks do on TikTok where at any second they could go viral, right? Or pick up or become a trending again. And then they, you know, kind of resurface and Instagram chooses Mm -hmm. it to feature, you know, so many different options there. And you just don't see that kind of ROI on just regular posts, you know, or even IGTV. So love me some reels, but those are kind of my, my processes for stories versus reels. Yes. I feel like that was so good because I think people often overthink the workflow process and mine is definitely very similar to yours. One thing I wanted to mention is yes, I completely agree with consuming on TikTok or even just the Reels feed. It honestly helps inspire content so easily, whether it's looking at trends, whether it's looking at different editing styles, and it's all about using it as inspiration. I find that 
it's really easy to kind of do your own thing when you see a trend, when you see a reel versus like you seeing a graphic, it's so much easier to literally copy something. But I feel like with reels and TikTok, they really are great at inspiration. So I love how you touched on that. And I also love how you touched on that a reel can go viral in like a few hours or it can literally go viral in like three weeks. And just thinking off the top of my head, I've been trying to figure it out. And one thing I've noticed, like if I post a reel that's like doing okay, and then it'll go viral later. If I post a bunch of reels after that one that is eventually going to go viral, I feel like that kind of helps boost it back into the reels feed. Have you noticed that too? Yes. I will say, I was like, oh my gosh, so this one has been going viral this week. And I was like, oh, what did I do? I got to analyze. I'm such a research. Like I need, I'm like a data person. I need to know why it's going happening. I was like, what hashtags did I use? What did I, when did I post it? You know, and something that I've noticed is, okay, if I'm consistently posting reels in the afternoons, which my usual posting times for NP posts were 8 p.m. Okay. Now I've been posting these reels at like three, 4 PM EST, sometimes even two Mm o'clock. And that's when they start to really pick up traction. It's so weird. And if I keep consistently posting them, like every afternoon, say I do like four or five a week, the other older ones do start picking up and I'm like, Whoa, 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 what's going on? I don't know, but I'm here for it. You know, but it is, I've noticed the same thing too. Huh, that is so interesting. Yeah, it's almost like it like pushes it back out in the feed. Yeah. But yeah, super interesting. But I think it definitely gives ode to just like Reels is new, play around with it, but it's definitely mm-hmm. a place to be. Let's talk about stories. So do you yeah. feel like, I mean, you show the behind the scenes and stuff, and I think that is really what makes, you know, your story so engaging for your community. But I'm sure it's something you get questions about all the time too, is it's just like, how do I get more engagement on stories? Do you yeah. have any tips and hacks that you like swear by when you're doing your stories planned or less planned? Yeah. I mean, I'll share a couple of things that, you know, are just golden nuggets for me, things that I always absolutely do every time I post up stories. And then, you know, I'd love to also share, I think what would be really helpful is just a case study that I had from a previous launch that I did strictly through stories. And this was again, testing ground. So I'll kind of go into that as well. But for, you know, kind of golden tips is, you know, I know you've talked about this so much too, Natasha, but having text on every single slide. Okay. And if you're like, that is so much work, I can't put text, you know, Natasha even shared like using threads that, you know, does that voiceover. So you can, the the text shows up as you're talking, right. And you have those, you know, uh, like closed captioning. Right. So having something like that, because there are so many people that number one, you know, can't listen in, you know, or simply just don't want to. Right. And so you lose out on so many people getting that great content that you're sharing because they just can't turn on sound. Right. Or they can't hear in general, you know, and I have a lot of people in my community that are deaf or are hard of hearing. And so I want to make sure I'm showing up for them too. So I'd say that's number one. I'd also say, you know, really trying to make kind of like and I'm not perfect at this by any means, but kind of a beginning and middle and end. I think it's a story, right? What story are you telling throughout the day? And is there like, okay, here's maybe my morning routine or here's what I'm up to and how work looks like for me on a Monday afternoon. And then here's kind of how I'm wrapping up for the evening, even if something as simple as that, but really giving them multiple things to consume, not just doing, you know, and if you are like, oh, I can only post my stories one time during the day. Okay, go ahead. But if you can kind of drip release that content on stories, really great to keep people engaged. I've noticed, you know, so I'll do like a few stories in the morning, a few in the afternoon, a few in the evening. 
those are some of the things I definitely do, um, or at least try to do every single time. I always have text, so that's that's like a non-negotiable for me. But when it comes to this case study that I had done, I had a launch for my signature program on working with brands. And in the middle of that, this was earlier this year when quarantine had started. And I was like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, this is so like overwhelming. I wasn't able to see my boyfriend for a very long time. And all of a sudden, he had drove down from Ohio to Florida to surprise me, right? I had no idea. So I'm like mid launch, have no idea that he's coming down to, to come see me. But of course I didn't see him for 70 days. So I was like, Oh, forget the launch. I want to see my drop everything. Like, I was like, drop it all. <laughs> my entire launch plan, chuck that out the window. I was like, I don't even care. I still need to show up. I still need to launch this, but like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? That feels good for me. I am. Listen, I'm an Enneagram eight wing seven. Okay. So I'm an enthusiast. So I'm like, if it doesn't feel good, I'm not excited about it. Ain't happening. Okay. That's my wing mm-hmm. seven in action. And so I, it didn't feel good for me to just constantly be like pumping out all these feed posts, even though they're ready. I still have to like comment back and do all these things. And I just like, it just didn't feel in alignment, you know? And so I was like, okay, we're going to scratch that. We're going to scratch the live videos I'd planned. We're going to scratch the IGTVs. We're going to scratch all these things. I was like, okay, well, what do I have left? Right. This is before reels. What do I have left? I have stories. Okay. So how can I use stories? And so what I did is I essentially, you know, I just like tried out what would it look like for me to actually launch on stories. And so some of the main things I did were breadcrumbing. So I, I dropped all these Easter eggs, I gave like a lot of behind the scenes and inside looks into creating into end. That was like whiteboard shots, meeting time lapses, uh, sending out guest interview requests. I was asking even for help in solidifying that content inside of the program, you know, and that really got people excited about what was coming and also involved them in the creation process because then that developed their connection to the program. They're like, Oh my gosh, we kind of like feel like we built this with her. You know, so now we want to be a part of it. So I was really dropping a ton of Easter eggs. I was also initiating FOMO, you know, so once girls started actually joining into the program, cause I had been launching before my boyfriend got there and then he got there and I was like, uh, pause. I need to like reconfigure what this is going to look like. So, you know, I had already had girls that were like joining in the program. And so I started announcing who they were because then that meant that there were less spots for grabs. You know, then number two, it also showed that there are people, Hey, just like you making the decision to level up, like what's holding you back. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is all me launching. This is me selling. This is me promoting, but it was me also testing out a ton of different things in a way that felt good for me. So Easter egging, I was initiating FOMO and I also was removing a lot of doubt. So there are other programs out there that teach you how to work with brands. You know, I'm not the only one. However, what I was doing is sharing how my program and what I offered was unlike anything currently on the market about this topic and why. So I was also showcasing, you know, boomerangs with me on clarity calls, which was proving interest in the program. I was answering FAQs I was getting from my DMs publicly on my stories just saying, Hey, other people have these questions. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, here, here's the answer. Maybe other people hadn't asked, but you know, they were also wondering the same thing. So I was sharing that. And then the biggest thing, and this was really the kicker was really painting a picture of what their reality could be because my boyfriend came in and then I decided, you know what? I just got this incredible brand partnership that kind of came out, you know, it was totally a godsend and my family, you know, we were really wanting to go kind of like take a, a small staycation somewhere. So I ended up just blessing my family with a staycation at a local hotel uh, in Sarasota. And with that, I paid for that with a brand partnership and was able to take my whole family, including my boyfriend. So I started to share about that 
and saying like, Hey, this could be your reality. Like brand partnerships could be an additional source of income. If you're like, I don't even want to just be an influencer or content creator. I want this to be an additional source of income. That could be a reality and you can be blessing other people in your life with things like this. So I was really painting, you know, kind of the picture of it. And so what I did is I started sharing this like really juicy story and pulling my audience into this. So I started out with basically sharing, Hey, here's kind of like a, a question I have for you. Like, do you want to know like a fun fact about this weekend, about this trip as a whole? And I kind of gave like a yes or a yes poll to drive right. reactions. Then I gave them that instant gratification. And I said, Hey, here's the fun fact. This entire trip was paid for by a brand partnership, right? So then I added an emotional hook and I was like, listen, brand partnerships changed everything for me, you know? And I, I was sharing these stories where, uh, you've probably seen this before where it's like, okay, one story and there's text at the top and then you right. tap to the next one. It's the same slide, but more text has been added. Yep. So it's just like building, I'm building and building and, and building. easy to create too. Yes, exactly. And I'm not having tons and tons of content. I'm just kind of building on one slide after another. So then I was starting to really, you know, differentiate myself between kind of brand partnerships I do versus others. And I was like, listen, I don't teach my girls how to do cookie cutter influencer, you know, partnerships where it's like their entire feed looks like an infomercial. They're working with hundreds of brands at one time and it's overwhelming. I'm really showing how, you know, to create these long-term, long-lasting brand partnerships that really change the game for content creators, business owners, entrepreneurs, et cetera. And again, continuously, I'm like splitting the text on the slides. So it just keeps building. And what I said, and this was like the kicker for a lot of people that I got tons, like I got in this, this series that I'm breaking down for you right now, I got over 70 plus DM responses specifically so from people wanting to know about the program. All right. And so what I said on this one slide was I teach my girls how to create a business out of working with the companies they're obsessed with so they can create and live a life they're obsessed with. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, that's so, you know, because on the one where I says, I teach my girls how to create a business out of working with the companies they're obsessed with. I'm doing like a pan of like the beautiful tropical landscape of the hotel I'm at. And then creating a life they're obsessed with. And that's like me with my whole family, like my boyfriend, you know, kind of just like living the dream, you know, so Mm -hmm. really painted this picture of like, oh my gosh, that, that could be you, this could be you. And so, you know, what's really important from like that first breakdown, just to kind of pause here is it's important to get your audience involved in the stories. They need to see themselves in this picture that you're painting, right? So don't be afraid to like use stickers on stories, you know, like the quiz, the poll, the slider, the DM me, like they're great to implement for an engagement boost. And, you know, don't be afraid to also like space out your stories, build on the storyline, you know, really draw them into what you're saying. And then also a big thing that you want to do, and this is great for launching or just great if you're promoting anything is show them the gap, right? Show them what they're missing and share how you have the solution, right? What they need to achieve whatever goal they're wanting to achieve. And you do that through the art of storytelling, right? So that's kind of that first half. Then the second half is I kind of, you know, was showing up and, you know, doing like, you know, different stories of the landscape and the hotel and, you know, the scenery. So then I came back on and I showed my face again, really important to show your face on stories. Right. And I invited them to dream with me. Like not only 
Could I help them build a life they're obsessed with, but also one that allows them to bless others, which is a root desire that my ideal clients have. And this is where it's so important to know who you're speaking to, know who your audience is, know who your ideal clients are. Because if my clients didn't care about that, it's not something I would have shared, you know, I would have pivoted and really focused on kind of another thing that they really desire. But my clients, like they want to, they feel like they're blessed to be a blessing. And so I want to show them, Hey, this isn't just about you. This is also about what you can do for other people and how you can, you know, serve them and just bless them. So, you know, again, stacking my text slide by slide. Then after I said, okay, Hey, I know exactly what you're wanting, but I also know exactly what you're struggling with. So I started to call them out on their limiting beliefs. And that got a lot of responses too. Cause we were like, Oh dang, like you totally like, are you reading my diary? Are you reading my mind? That's exactly how I feel exactly what I'm thinking. So what I did at the end of that to kind of wrap all of this up is I ended with a strong call to action. And this is so important. I see a lot of people on stories that just show up and they show up and they do a great job of showing up, but they don't lead their audience to do anything else. You know, whether it's swipe up and get on my email list or DM me, or, you know, what do you think about this? You know, just getting them to engage. They just kind of like leave it off. And it's kind of like, uh, I feel like I got left off on a cliffhanger, you know, right. what's next? so I ended with this strong call to action to get them in my DMS. And I was basically like, Hey, if you're ready to start working with brands and land dream partnerships that are paid, send me a, like, it's like the flying money emoji. Send me that emoji. Literally. You don't have to say words. All you got to do, find that emoji, send it to me. And that's where just so many, so many, just from that final slide, I had 21 direct messages, 19 profile visits, four clicks to the sales page. So that was 44 total action takers, right? And so that was just from that last slide. And then where the 70 ideal clients came, you know, ideal people, my DMs came from is I got tons of other people that were responding to previous slides. Like I hooked them early. You know, I gave so many opportunities for them to respond, whether it was the fact that it was, you know, me blessing, you know, my family with it, or I called them out on their limiting beliefs, or I painted this picture and they saw themselves in the picture, you know, wherever they felt like it just really hit them the most, that's where they responded. But I gave multiple touch points for them to do that. So just make sure that when you're doing this, like you give them many opportunities to answer, you know, because every single person responds to promotions and being sold to differently. So you Mm -hmm. kind of want to hit on these different touch points. And so that's why I tackle limiting beliefs. I paint the picture. I, you know, do, you know, DM me an emoji, which I found is such a great way to get people in your DMS and continue that conversation one-on-one because then you can pick up video messages and voice messages is a huge, huge seller for me with, you know, what I launch and what I release. So I know that that's a lot and you might have to kind of rewind and listen to slow and, you know, take lots of notes. But if there's anything that I would say, you know, to really take from this is start looking at, you know, what content has the best feedback for your stories. You know, what do you usually get a lot of responses to or replies about, you know, figuring out why is that content performing so well? How is that really, you know, speaking to my ideal client and then start to get creative on how you can double down on what's working. So you can keep fanning the flames because I'll just kind of end on this. After I had that whole story slides, you know, those 14 slides I just walked you through after that, when I realized how incredible the feedback was that I was getting, what I did is I took a screenshot of all the DMS I had that had like that emoji, the, the flying money emoji. And what I did is I was like, Hey, Oh my gosh, so many of you, you know, are reaching out to me about this. Like if you saw these stories yesterday, but you still have not reached out to me, 
reach out to me with a different emoji because then I could differentiate the people that took action immediately versus the people that took action after a second put. That also tells me where they're at in their purchase journey, which is really important when I'm selling to them, especially when I'm getting behind the scenes in the DMs with them. So then after that, you know, I had tons of other people reach out tons and tons. And that, you know, that wasn't even just the 70. That was probably another, I would say like 40, 50 people that DM me the second time around. So doing things like that, like, I mean, just try things out. And that was, I didn't learn that from anything. I was just like, well, okay, I don't really want to do feed posts. So let me see what it looks like to launch on stories. And that's what happened just from trying something new, seeing what works, really focusing on my ideal client because, you know, implementing some of these things, I guarantee you, you implement it in favor of your ideal clients. And you'll see massive results just from trying something new because you don't have to just launch on your actual feed. You could totally launch on your stories because people are directly going to get into your DMS and it's way easier to even sell there. I would say than just publicly to everyone as a whole. Oh yeah. I completely agree with everything that you said. Definitely, you know, re-listen to all of the gems that Kalia just shared because There are a lot of the things that I've seen work for so many different types of businesses when they're going through that pre-launch and that launch phase. And kind of the biggest thing that I got from that is the importance of direct messages. And I think, you know, people get so caught up on like getting the website clicks and, Mm -hmm. you know, when getting that swipe up, but even though you have swipe up, you are really utilizing direct messages because it's all about that story that you're telling, which is really important of not just saying, Hey, I launched this. This is really cool. Here's how you join. Like it's talking about like, how do you know your target audience? You know, what are they struggling with? What is the solution? Where Mm -hmm. have you been? Where they've been? What are the questions that are in their brain? You know, all of those different things, but also touching on all those emotions that we have around purchasing, whether it's that FOMO or we're seeing other people enrolling, or, you know, we feel like we can ask questions because you sometimes just have to like, open the door of like, everyone's in my DMs. You can be in my DMs. Like this is how that conversation really happens. And I think just like the biggest takeaway I got from you is just like really opening up that conversation with all the slides that you're building on. And I just feel like, oh my gosh, so many gems there. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So important to just be like, Hey, I'm here. You have a question. You have a concern. You know, I've even posted stories during launch where I said, Hey, put a question box. What is, you know, holding you back from signing up? Mm -hmm. And then they respond. And whether it's price, time, investment, not sure if it's right for them. Guess what? I then go to their handle and I direct message them and say, Hey, I just saw your response on my stories. And I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit more. I mean, don't be creepy about it. I'm never creepy. I'm just like, Hey, you know, you know, just kind of talking with them and not always being like, Hey, so I saw that price is an issue. So like, here, I can do this for you. Like, don't go directly into selling. Like when I'm getting into DMS and I'm having people respond, I'm starting up a conversation. Like when people were responding, my stories, promoting into and all those ones, I just watch you through. And they're like, yes, I'm ready. I'm not like, okay, cool. So like, where do you, do you want to just sign up for into in? I'm like, okay, where are you at? You know, have you worked with brands before? What does that collab? What do those collaborations look like? What are your goals in working with brands? Right? Like, I really want to ask some questions and figure out where they're at to number one, even see if it's a good fit for the program. Cause listen, I'm honest as heck. If I don't feel like you're a good fit. I don't want you wasting your time or money, you know, and I'm happy to suggest somewhere else that that time or money would be well spent. I have no problem with that, but I need to figure out, you know, is this even something that you would be right for? If not, okay, maybe I have a smaller program or, you know, maybe they need to consume more free content or something. 
but it's just kind of gauging and you have to do that through conversation. You know, it takes, gosh, what is it like seven or eight times for people to see something in order to even buy, you know, they got to like hear you talk about it a ton. They got to see it a ton. So it kind of expedites the process when you're speaking to them one-on-one and allows you to tackle whatever their questions are struggling with you know, personally versus only just publicly where, you know, they know that you're talking to multiple people at once. Like you really want to foster that personal connection and build that relationship because then also people you might have in your program that you're working with are great ideal fits and you've already started to like establish that relationship. So it just feels really good. Definitely. And if people are going to choose where to purchase from, who to invest in, if they feel like they have a relationship with you, like that goes so, so far. And I think there's just so many great gems there that people can implement in their launches. And I really just want to end things off because we talked about so many different types of content strategies and ideas that people can really use. And I'm sure the wheels are turning. But if we had to like, we're in 2020 right now and we're looking into 2021, what do you think are some like, maybe even like influencer marketing trends, Instagram trends that will impact small businesses next year? And like, how can they really utilize those? If there's like one or like a few that can just like, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I will say specifically in influencer marketing, there is a huge emerging trend that has been, I mean, it has been a long time coming, but there's a major focus on brands wanting to work with, you know, nano and micro influencers as they should, because the engagement is so high. The community is strong. You know, people trust, you know, nano micro influencers more than crazy, huge influencers and, you know, small businesses, I think, you know, start working with, you know, some of those local influencers. I'm seeing a lot of that. We saw a lot of that during, you know, the pandemic where it's like, okay, marketing budgets maybe are cut a little bit more, but where's the best, you know, what's the best thing that I can do with my money. And I saw so many brands pick up influencer marketing where they hadn't before because, you know, people were no longer going to events. Or, you know, they're, you know, the TV, the only TV shows that were on a lot, a ton were the news, you know, and you don't really do ads on the news. And, you know, people weren't buying a ton of magazines because we weren't going out. And it's like, okay, well, everyone's on their phones. Everyone's on social media. Well, who's on social media? Content creators, influencers, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs that can really promote these products. And so I think that's only going to get bigger and bigger as we go into, you know, 2021. And that has been a, you know, an emerging trend. It's been every single year after year, yeah. more brands have worked with influencers. I would say content wise, I, I really don't see reels going away. I only see it getting, you know, bigger personally, because, you know, if we even see Instagram is like the only platform that has, you know, copied really. Okay. Wow. Or taken ideas <laughs> of other platforms, used it on their own. Right. But you know, when we had, when stories came out, even think back to that story, everyone's like, Oh, this is going to flop. We have Snapchat. Right. Well, now really no one uses Snapchat unless mm-hmm. you're, you know, younger. Like I have a 17 year old sister. She's always on Snapchat, but our generation, you know, millennial, you know, Gen Z, not as much, I would yeah. say, you know? And so stories kind of replaced Snapchat. And then now we have reels and everyone's like, nah, reels isn't going to stick. And then, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't think TikTok's going away, you know, at least anytime really soon, no. but I just see reels really picking up. I see video being a huge, huge trend, uh, just that's impacting small businesses, which is why I, I highly, highly encourage you. Okay. If Natasha hasn't encouraged you enough, right. <laughs> to get, on reels, get on video, like, and it just really allows you to build such a deep connection with your audience to be on video rather than just, you know, static posts or, you know, posting every once in a while. And it's just, you know, only a picture. So I say video is a huge trend. I say, you know, more small businesses working with influencers, you know, or leveraging content creators. And, you know, I just think 
social media is, is really the main way to market right now. And I just think that's only going to get bigger, especially because of everything we've walked through this year. So I would say probably those, those are the main things. Yes. And those are so, so good guys. I did not pay her to say love reels. Um, <laughs> we just sincerely think so. And we're working, yes. looking out for y'all. <laughs> yes. We got you. You heard it first. Cause we don't want to hear you come back and you'd be no. like, oh, I wish I would have known. Well, here you are. You heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here. Get on, Get on there. Make that 2021 priority. Start doing reels. Even if it's like literally two a month, three a month. Okay. Start small. You don't got to start with four or five, you know, a week, start with what's manageable for you. Start with what feels good to you, but just start. <laughs> totally. And shifting things around like you've done, you know, maybe getting yeah. static feed posts and carousels a little less and reels count as a feed post, which is great. Yeah. Yep. Easy, easy. Oh, so good. We'll let everyone know where they can connect with you, where they can download some free pitching resources, which I am downloading. Use pour your request. (laughs) I'm getting on my pitching game. I love it. I love it. Yes. So come hang out with me on Instagram. My handle's at Kalia Nicole. Feel free to send me a DM if you're listening to this and you had a good time. Or if you have any other questions, I would love to connect with you. And then if you go to the link in my bio, there is also a template, a pitch template that you can download that's free. If you're like, oh my gosh, I want to start working with brands, but I don't even know what to say. I got you. I have one already mapped out for you. It even has some subject line ideas in there that you can use so you can start reaching out to those brands that you really want to work with and just kick that off as an additional income stream in 2021. So, so good. We will leave all those links in the show notes and thank you so much for hanging with me, Kalia. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to today's expert guest for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps support our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.